Going and we're going to switch now and talk a little Utah Jazz. Joining us now, as I understand it, I went out with some of her new uh, colleagues, uh, Jody Genesee and uh, Dirk Facer. Last night we had a dinner in which we honored Kurt Craigthorpe. It was kind of a thing of, hey, one goes away, Craigthorpe's retiring, and then someone comes new. It's poetic. Sarah Todd of the Deseret News is a new jazz beat writer. Sarah, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm glad to be with you. It's my uh, first radio show in Salt Lake City, so thank you very much. <laughs> well, you won't. It won't be the last because uh, you probably already know this, but this town and this state obsesses over the jazz. It's a big, big deal. They are linked to the big time. I'm sure you're well aware of that, but you've only been on the job a short time. Uh, how attractive was that? for you i want to get into your background uh, in a second but how attractive was that coming to a place where you know like portland or even i'm in san antonio right now covering the game here for the football to where you know you have the one team and as far as the professionals of the big time this is really it yeah that was a really big deal to me i wanted to be somewhere where the the fan base and the market was really strong for the team that i was going to be covering and Utah brings that just immediately. Like you said, it's the the one big professional team that really has a high draw for the state. And, I mean, the fans are known for being really passionate and known for being really involved and invested in everything that goes on with the team. And, I mean, that's that's exactly what you want as a reporter because you want the people to be invested and involved in the things that you have to say and what you write. So that was really important to me, and I'm really, really happy with the results so far. So give us a little bit of your background. Where have you been and how'd you get here? Yeah, I'm from California, from Northern California, and I uh, covered the Golden State Warriors to start out my NBA reporting career. Uh, covered them for a few years leading up to the 2015 championship, and then I shifted gears and moved to Philadelphia, and I was the... Sixers beat writer for the last couple of years. So I've seen it from both coasts and really big markets. And uh, now I'm here covering the Jazz. So you just wanted to get West or you were dying to cover the Jazz or both? Uh, both. I really wanted to get closer to my family. I'm from uh, a really small town called Paradise in California, which just became infamous sure. this last year oh, for being definitely. the... Yeah. yeah, for being the town that burned down during right. the campfire. So when things like that happen in life, it kind of gives you a little bit more of a perspective. And I knew that I really wanted to be closer to my family. And as that was happening and then helping them relocate this summer, I just needed to make a move. And when the jazz job became available, I knew it was a really good opportunity. Sarah Todd, new beat writer for the Deseret News, covering the Jazz. I don't know how personal you want to get, but how was that situation? Because obviously the Paradise situation became national news. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, it's really strange. My whole life, no one has ever known where Paradise, California is. And then all of a sudden now everybody knows. And when I say I'm from Paradise, there's always kind of like this really bummer look on their face because it, it's, you know, it's a tough subject. It was really hard going through it that day was really scary i was in philadelphia when it was happening and uh one of the first things to go in paradise were like cell towers and hospitals so i couldn't get a hold of anyone once i started getting a hold of family members then the last person to hear from was my dad and i 
didn't hear from him for four and a half hours and we knew that he was trying to get out but didn't know if he did. And so longest four and a half hours of my life. It was a a really hard thing just seeing my family and all my friends and their families lose everything that they had. But like I said, you gain a little bit of perspective with something like that. And so I always tell people, yeah, they lost everything, but my family made it out alive. And that's the only thing I really care about. Yeah. In the end, I guess that's what matters the most uh, rather than possessions or buildings or what have you. But uh, that's a tough situation. Continue to read about that as their sports teams from the athletic standpoint, uh, the high school gets back, tries to get back on his feet and so I've read a number of things on that. It's a very interesting story and heartwarming and heartbreaking all rolled into one, I guess. Yeah. And I played basketball at Paradise High School. And so I, too, have read the stories coming out of that. And um, High school sports in that town is everything. There's nothing that means more to people up there. And it's, it's really beautiful to see that the whole town is kind of rallying around what's left of an athletic program. And um, I'm really happy about that. So you have experience covering a couple of NBA teams in bigger markets, obviously. And I'm sure you were aware of the Jazz. From your experience in the league, what was the perception of the franchise? Um, I guess my, my biggest takeaway has been the last few years and the way that they've kind of chipped away as one of the smaller market teams coming into the national conversation and doing it slowly and deliberately. And then mostly the last couple of years, it's been, you know, keep an eye on this team, watch out because they're starting to get better. Things are looking different. Um, Obviously they got a new arena. And so when a team does that, they're starting to get better while they also have a new playing arena everyone in the league starts talking about like, Oh, this, this team's on the upstart. And so I've been keeping my eye on them for the last couple of years. And I think it's, it's really exciting and watching them in the playoffs, there's just so much potential and there's so much room to get better. And you got to love that as a basketball fan, knowing that you're already in that, you know, year end tournament and you've still got room to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Since you've been here, uh, I don't know how long you've been here. I assume a week or so. Is that accurate? Yeah, I got to Salt Lake on December 16th. Oh, okay. So they've already made a big trade. They've already made two, a couple of big yeah. moves. So you had, you had to hit the hit the ground running there. Uh, what do you think of the Clarkson move? I think the Clarkson move is great. I mean, I just wrote about this last night that, you know, he's barely played three games and already made such an impact. And um, I'm, a, I'm actually surprised at some of his defensive capabilities, watching him from afar. I never really thought of him as a defensive player, but he looks really hungry and really, he looks like he's really trying. And that's, you know, half of it when it's on defense. When you look at a guy that's not good on defense, it's like, oh, he doesn't even try. If you just put in a little effort, but he's really out there trying and he's making good reads. And I've been impressed with him on that end. And then of course, you know, getting 20 points off the bench is no one's ever going to shake their head at that. Um, on the other side of that, getting rid of Dante Exxon, I know how much Utah fans had invested in him and how much the team had invested in him, but it just, the timing of it, this was the best way to go, I think, because there's no really good way 
to develop a guy when you need to really invest time with him on the court when you're a team that's trying to get as many wins as you can because then you could be developing him at the risk of getting those Ws. Sarah Todd, new jazz writer for the Deseret News, is joining us. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, we were – I've been doing this radio show for almost 18 years now. And so we've gone through a lot of highs and lows. And there were several years where the Jazz were obviously building and it was all about the future. And, you know, you have to go through that, particularly as a smaller market. Obviously, you just can't go out and pluck the best free agents every year and all that stuff. But the great thing about it is they are they're out of that. And it is a win now mode and they're doing everything possible. To me, that's what sent the message is that Clarkson comes aboard. We're trying to win and we're trying to win now, particularly with the Warriors and their situation. There's an opening there. And, you know, the Lakers are good. Uh, but uh, they're fragile because they've got a 35-year-old. I think he turns 35 tomorrow or today, actually. And then, uh, you know, Anthony Davis had a little bit of an injury history. So the point I'm making is that it's win-now mode because you don't know what's going to happen. And as you handicap the West, right now, and you can disagree with me if you want, but because of there's a couple of teams, you know, Lakers and Clippers may have separated, but it's not like it's like the Warriors of the last few years. So any number, any one of those six teams could emerge from the West. So the Jazz have to be in that win now mode because the opportunity is there. Do you see it that way or differently? Absolutely. And, and I mean, I'm not going to be the person that sides with uh, Father Time against LeBron James. But still, I will say anybody is fallible, and that includes the Lakers and the Clippers, who are the front runners in the West and the favorites right now. That does not mean that the Jazz don't have a chance, and the West is open right now. It's open for somebody to come in and take a big step. And from the Jazz's perspective, that all looks great, and yes, they have to win now, but they also have to look at their own roster and their own ages, and right now is a really good opportunity for them. They don't want to wait a couple years and then perhaps pass up the primes of some of their players. So they have to be in that win-now situation because we're looking five years from now, this is going to be a completely different team. They might not have an opportunity to win. Like Donovan is still going to be great, and he's young, but that's not to say that everybody else will, but injuries might not happen. And so while they've got a good core and they have some pieces that can actually propel them in the playoffs, they have to be able to go for it, and you can tell that they're going. What do you make of the Conley situation? I I know that uh, Jazz fans have been pretty worried, uh, or maybe not worried is the right word, trepidatious about whether or not he is actually going to be a good fit. And I know that things have been going good lately with him out of the mix and Donovan kind of handling things. But Conley is a great player, and he always impacts things when he's on the court. And I think just like any other player, like Bojan getting used to things, the way that Royce had to get used to things, I think that it's going to take time to con- for Conley to actually integrate into this system and understand everything in the right way. And like everyone else, there's going to be ups and downs. I guarantee you that Jordan Clarkson is not going to be scoring 20 points off the bench every single night. It looks good right now. And when things don't get good, you're going to start wondering, like, why do we pick this guy up? But the, the net is going to be good. And I think that's the way it's going to be with Conley. And that's 
right now. I could be totally wrong, but from covering the league, I covered him in a playoff series against the Warriors when he was with Memphis. And he just does so many things, especially at that high level of competition during the postseason. And I think that the Jazz are going to be happy to have him once he's healthy and once he's on the floor. Sarah Todd, beat writer for the Deseret News for the Jazz. Obviously, I haven't met you, but I believe you're female. you got a female first name. You sound like a female, so I'm going to assume you're female. Uh, How is it? uh, (laughs) How has that been for you covering this league? Is that something we've gotten past, or is it still an issue? Uh, it it only becomes an issue when people disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's that's the first thing that like fans, people on Twitter, you know, other people they turn to uh, to try to uh, use it as an insult. Um, the good news is I'm very proud to be a woman in the sports world, and uh, it's not a problem for me if you're going to try to turn that into an insult and tell you, hey, guess what? I'm really happy about it, so you're wrong. <laughs> um, uh, it's been, I mean, I think like with anything where there, uh, an area of where you work is dominated by a certain gender, there are going to be things, there are going to be struggles, obstacles, uh, especially early on when I was younger uh, and female. It made me feel like I had to work 10 times harder to prove myself, even though I knew just as much as everyone else around me. But I think that nowadays um, I've built a reputation for myself and people know that I'm good at my job and I love the game of basketball and I know more about it than most people on the street. And so that's respected and it gives me credibility in my work. And I think that passes for almost anything. And at that point, my gender doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I've seen personally, I've witnessed that if I make a mistake, oh, well, I made a mistake. But if a woman makes a mistake, it's, oh, my gosh, you dumb female. You don't know what you're talking about. And it seems like there is more allowance for me as a male to make a mistake. And if a female made one, it was uh, more severe. The mistake could be exactly the same. But for whatever reason, if a female made it, it seems like the repercussion or the blowback was more harsh. Yeah, I'm I'm very, very careful about what I do, and I have to be that way because that is the situation, being a woman in sports media. Um, people are always shocked when, I mean, even, even people who know that that's the situation, if I show them, like, my Twitter DMs or my mentions, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's what you get every day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that happens yeah. constantly all the time. Or reader emails people will email in just to tell me that like i shouldn't be doing this job because i'm a woman um you gotta have thick skin and i just let it roll off my back because i know the people that matter and the people who enjoy what i'm doing they're not the ones writing in and saying that stuff and you know for every crappy email that i get or bad word on twitter there's you know how many other people that are actually appreciating what i'm doing so that's the way i try to look at it well, Sarah, welcome to town and wish you the best and look forward to reading your stuff. You were an excellent interview and we'll have you on again. OK. Very happy to be on and I'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. That's Sarah Todd, jazz writer for the Deseret News. Uh,